Luke, the 11th chapter. And that's where we'll be dealing with that 11th chapter. If you hold your place there, go to 2 Kings. Fourth chapter, verse six. Second Kings, fourth chapter, verse <clears throat> six. Say amen when you get there, please. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Amen. What you looking at about something? This is during the time that the widow apostles continued to be filled by the oil which represents the anointing of it, which brings the blessings of God. And before I get into this message tonight, I want to <clears throat> deal with one verse here. Second Kings chapter four, verse six. And it came to pass, this is Elijah, and Elijah, he was there instructing the woman on what to do. They followed through obedience. The son had gone out and got all the vessels that he could so that they could fill the pots of oil, fill them up with oil. And verse 6 said, It came to pass mm -hmm, when the vessels were full. Vessels represents something that contains something, like our soul. When they were full, that she said unto her son, we know that the son is a builder, she said, bring me yet a vessel. So there's a threefold situation here. There's Elijah who represents God. There's the widow who doesn't know God because she's not married now. The God in her is dead. She's a widow. And the widow always represents that which is inside of us. And the son, she had a son which was a builder, but because her husband were dead, was dead, God, there's nothing to build upon. So they were destitute, indigent, out of money, out of food. All they had was a crude oil. So he tells them, he says, go get some vessels. Get these vessels, shut the door. And do what I tell you to do. And verse 6 says, And it came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. In other words, they're all gone. There are no more vessels. And look what happened. And the oil did what? Stay. Stay. That means stop. When the oil of the anointing, which brings the blessings, when there's no vessel left with the flow in, then the anointing, which brings the blessings from God, will stop. So, it's not that the vessels weren't there anymore. They were still there. They were just full. Now, they thought when it got full, 
that you move on to the next one. But David said, my cup runs over. It flows over. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't come from up there. I'm going to mess your religion up. It don't come from up there. On here. You don't do that. You've been taught that the whole time, have you? Well, you have. Don't look at me strange. I'm not crazy. I'm going to pray We have. We've been taught that. But notice the word. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. U-P-O-N. Up on. Up and then on. Upon. Catch me? U-P-O-N. Up on. See, there's a river. Jesus talks about this anointing. It flows up from inside you, springing up like a wave into everlasting life. David said, my cup runneth over. That means this springing up and running. It comes from within. The kingdom of God is within. We already power passion. It's already there. You just got to unlock it and let it out the cave. You understand? Am I making sense to you? I tell you I was going to mess your theology up. And just mess it all up. Uh-uh. Start looking in here. Church folk look up there. Kingdom folk look in here. Because the kingdom is inside. Okay? So it goes up, U-P, and then on, O-N. So the first place who going to get the blessing when you call it up is who? You up on up on y'all say it with me up out of you on out of your river flows rivers of water right mm -hmm. out of your bed flows the issues of life up on now when your cut run over what happens is not only are you blessed but you in overflow. And long as you're in position, you'll be in overflow. But what happened? When it got full, they moved it, didn't they? Overflow turned into a no flow. Am I making sense? Overflow turned into a no flow. Why? Because of the mindset. The mindset says it's full. Leave it alone. Now she was inside the house. Which house is this, right? So even though the vessel is full, you don't move it. You continue to let it flow. My cup runneth over, up, and on me. And it will infiltrate all of you, everything. The entire essence of you. And those that are around you, that's why the Bible says, I will make them and those that are about my heel a blessing. All you got to do is be in the vicinity of the one that's in position to be blessed. You see what I'm saying? So when it flows over, you being blessed, the person that called it up, but everything around you is being touched with it too. Now what do you think that anointing is going to do when it touches you? It's going to activate something inside of you too, if you hang around it long enough. But that's the problem. They kept moving the vessels, didn't they? And then, what happened? It stopped. Because they ran out of what? Vessels. That's why 
sheep beget sheep. You got to keep bringing them in because there's got to be another vessel for all the flow in. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just trying to get us to a point where we can understand what God wants us to know about the situation. Now let's go to the Word for tonight. In the book of Luke, the 11th chapter, verse 37, here's Jesus. And Jesus is speaking. Word of God says, verse 37, and as he spake, a certain Pharisee, that word certain means whosoever, could have been anybody. You never know what that religious spirit is. <coughs> a certain Pharisee, that word Pharisee means to wound, to scatter, and to sting. A certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him, and he went in and sat down to meet. First thing that they tried to do to Jesus, they're hearing him speak. So you see, when the anointing is speaking, that religious spirit is always somewhere in the atmosphere listening to what Jesus is saying because it knows that Jesus is the power and the wisdom of God. So when the anointing speaks the power and the wisdom of God, religion gets upset. Does. And what religion wants to do is put it back into a traditional stance, like today. You know, ladies say, okay, you come in, you do what you want to do, but when they start telling her they're going to bring the instruments and stuff in, then she went Pharisee, she went religious. She said, oh no, we can't. Well, you just said. And it's about breaking down walls and it's about being free. But you, you see, when the kingdom starts to come forth to break down walls, religion wants to back it back up. Put God back in that bar. Oh no. Oh no. We play piano. That's what he said. Well, fine. I mean, people there, they, because we all understand religion. So, Jesus, he's just speaking. He's speaking. Through the power and the wisdom of God. And the Pharisee, the religious spirit, is listening. You'd be surprised. Sometime after I preach on Sundays, how many ideas I get from that. Everybody can, not everybody, but people come to me. Well, I think. Well, I think. You know what I do with people that come to me with ideas? You know what I tell them? Get to stepping with it. Start doing it. If God gave you the idea, in your hand, you put it to the plot. Don't try to work me. Don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, you're going to bring me the idea, but then you want me to do it. No. You got the idea? You do it. So every time you bring an idea to me, I'm going to put it right back on you. Then do it. Go to it. Get it done. That one more side. And I guarantee you, 98% of them, they stop. Because now you become a doer instead of just a talker. Amen. And you say, oh no. Oh, but you want to put it on me to do it? It's your idea. God gave you the idea. 
I sanction it. You get it done. You got the idea. That means you got a vision with the idea. God don't give you the idea without a vision of it. Because that's all the idea is, the vision. Give you some insight on something. He didn't give it to me. You do it. I don't never get nobody to take up that offer hardly, though. I'm just being real. But I'm just letting you know how easy it is to sit on the outskirts like a Pharisee while Jesus is working. And then after Jesus is finished, Pharisee come up to him with an idea. I want you to come eat with me. First thing religion wants to do is get you to eat the food it wants you to eat. Did you hear what I said? He said, come here, I want you to dine with me. Well, when you go to a person's house, don't they feed you? They got the food already that you're going to eat, right or wrong. So the first thing that, that Pharisee wanted to do was, he wanted to change Jesus' diet. Remind me of King Nebuchadnezzar with, them, with, the, with, the, with the, the four Hebrew boys. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. With the, you know, that's, that's what it reminds me of. They say, no, we're not eating this. So, Jesus, he ain't scared to go nowhere, so he goes. And he sits down and verse 38 says here, and when the Pharisees saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before death. See, let me tell you something about religion. Religion will cause you to be tied up in so many ceremonial practices and legalism until you'll never get to God. So, they ain't heard nothing Jesus said. So he gets him in there and he tries to change his diet. First thing he's doing now, because he's checking on Jesus, he's trying to catch him in every way possible in something wrong. You know some people come to church just to hear the preacher say something that they don't agree with where they can say he's wrong and he be coming straight out. Do y'all know people do that? They don't come, they come to critique God's word as if God don't know what his word says. They do that. Well, there he is. He said, I know you didn't wash your hands. In other words, that word wash there means to be overwhelmed by. See, that Pharisee was a big time person in religion. And he thought that Jesus was supposed to be impressed by him. That's what that word wash there means. In other words, when Jesus came in, Jesus did his normal thing. He wasn't overwhelmed by who had called him to dinner. Paul puts it like this in the book of Galatians. He said, look here, those that everybody else think is something, he said, they ain't nothing to me because when I sat in conference to them, they didn't add nothing to me. See, you got to know who the God What did I tell y'all Sunday? You got to know who the God is in you. And don't be talking about and looking to what somebody else can do. I ain't interested in what no other preacher doing or what they doing in no other church. The only thing I'm interested in is what God is doing here. That's the only thing that interests me. See, you know, you know why I do that? Because that's what keeps me sane with this thing. You go to looking at this and go to looking at you will lose your mind if you're a pastor. I said, if you're a pastor, now it's all right for y'all to do it, but a pastor can't do that. 
a pastor will lose his mind. He'll be trying to do this, he'll be trying to do that, and he won't be doing what God tells him to do, but he'll be doing everything. See, what worked over there might not work over here. See, a pastor, his eyes, remember, his eyes was fixed. And everything that he went through, he said, let's go. And they went to another village. Through many dangers, toys, and snares, I have already come. Y'all remember? But his eyes stayed fixed on where it was going. There's a lot of things out there to take our mind and our eyes off where we're going. But you got to remain fixed on this thing. Only the strongest eyes. Strong falls just like anybody else. They just get up. And get up again. And get up again. Man told me today he lost 65 members through the whispering and channel. 65. In two, in two ways. 31st and then 35. Man, I know how that hurt. Because I've been there. That's right. Then another one said he had one that was a music minister. He going to get up. He had to run him off. I think the police had to come get him. He had to run him off. But what he was doing was he'd stand up in the midst of everybody and say, he's over the pastor. He's the prophet of the house. Ain't nobody over the pastor. The pastor is the one that looks out for y'all's souls. I don't care how many apostles or prophets or whatever come up in here. They still got a, they just another person that I'm watching over their soul. Everything got to be done in a decent and fashion now. See, this is the reason why it's like it is. All apostles do is start churches. That's he's commissioned, sent to start a church. But after that, then come the prophet to inspire. But after that, the evangelists to bring keep them coming in. Because they go out and evangelize. But then comes the pastor, because he got babysit. He gotta watch, yeah, that's what he do. He babysits your soul. Because sheep will go astray. A sheep will get lost and won't even know how he got there. A sheep will. And then come the teacher. That's the word that expires and opens that word up. Now I grant you that spirit of the fivefold ministry works in some of us dying. You know, I mean, you know, they just work from one to another. They, they do one thing, they go in one office, then they come out of it and go in another, then another, then they do what, you know, some of them got it like that, you know. I mean, you know, I work out all of them because somebody this, this church had to start. We got another started down yonder. But that's just a part of me that I switch on and then I switch on to another one. God give me a prophetic word, I switch on me and then I, but when it comes time to evangelize, I go out, do what I have to do evangelistic way. Like we were doing today. But after that, I go into a pastor's role. But after that, that's the one I stay in most of the time. Because that's what I am now. But I also stay in the teacher's role too. Because I'm a teacher. People, the people of God got to be taught. They don't need to be hollered at. They need to get off the floor, sit their tails down in them chairs, and hear what God is. Did you hear what I said? Get up off that floor like something like a child and sit down. You know, I already had praise and worship. Now sit your tail down and hear what this word is saying. Nobody wants to hear the word no more. Everybody wants to have a good time. 
One thing I like about that lady today, she said, look, they sung for two hours. She said, I got sick of, and then the preacher, he only, look, Korean one, he only preached 15 minutes. He said, I'm going to hear the sermon. I said, praise the Lord, me too. You know what I'm saying? So, he's there. He came. The Pharisee man called Jesus, he ain't washed. He didn't wash his hands before dinner. He didn't wash first. Galatians 2 6, that's what Paul talks about. And look, I, they, they ain't nothing to me. I don't care nothing about how many members you got, or how much money you got, how many planes you fly. I, that stuff don't move me, Paul said. That's it, Galatians 2 verse 6. Go there with you. I'll take my time and go there with you. Well, you can see it. Because Paul, he just Paul. He don't care. He'll let you know right quick. When, when, I, when I got saved, Paul said, you didn't see me go to Jerusalem and ask John and them and Peter, could I? He said, I went on down to Damascus for about three, three and a half years, something like that. I wasn't studying about it. And then, you know. So, in 2, 6, Galatians 2, 6, this is what the Word of God said. But of these who seem to be somewhat, are everybody there? He said, Whatsoever they were, it made no matter to me. In other words, I don't care what they were. And that's how I feel about it. God accept no man person. Do you see that? Amen. For they who seem to be somewhat encompassed at it, what? Nothing to me. You understand what I'm saying? That's what you call knowing who you are in Christ. When you know who you are in Christ, the Bible, the this is what the Spirit of the Lord said. When the anointing comes, which anointing you have received, you will need no man to teach you nothing. That's what the Word of God said. That's what it say now in the book of 1 John. Is it 1 John or 2 John? 1 John 2.27, somewhere along in there? It's in 1 John or 2 John. I believe it's first. 1 John 2.27. If this old memory served me right, is that what it is? You got a few good brain cells left. Shut up. Verse 39, Luke 11, 39 says, And the Lord said unto him, Now do ye Pharisees, now here comes Jesus now, he done already, he'd already read his thought. He said, Because cause, cause, see, Jesus can listen to you in case. What you think? He said, Now, right now, do ye Pharisees, that's them religious folk, make clean the outside of the cup mm -hmm, and the platter. But your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. They look good on the outside. They dress good. They talk good. They do all these things good on the outside. You, like we were looking at the princess and the frog, you got to dig a little deeper. That old voodoo woman, old mama O. Mama O say, you got to dig a little deeper. Now when you dig a little deeper, you begin to see that, okay, this thing here full of ravenings and wickedness. See, a lot of us, when we see something with our eyes, we are drawn to it like a camouflage at a light, not realizing that that light is one of them electric things that'll shock you and kill you. 
So we got to stop looking at things from this, this eye and start looking from our spiritual eye. He says in verse 40, ye fools, he calls them fools. Preacher said today, today's Christian is what a preacher, a preacher to be said today. Mexican guy. He said, you know today, told Brenda, today, people, Christians today, if Jesus was in the flesh today, per se, in his own persona, that the Christian today would not be able to handle him. Christians today ain't nothing but powder They get offended, they get they call them fools. <laughs> to their face. He ran them out of the church. But I can hear now, you know that old old man, he ain't got no been running nobody out of the church. Now that word run you out of there. You couldn't take no more of that thing coming across that pulpit. See, they couldn't handle Jesus today. Jesus in the rock. That's why they had to put a cut on him. They put the tear your neighbor on him. And it, and it spread worldwide. And that's all they do. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor. Slap somebody. It just, it's just pitiful. But no, you know, but no, ain't a lot of people, ain't a lot of people coming straight with this word today. If you listen real close, he said, "Ye fools, verse father, did not he that made that which is outside, that word without means outside, make that which is within also? In other words, shouldn't we ought to have as much care at cleaning up what's on it?" Nasty on the inside of us as we do as what we clean up on the outside of us. That's what he's asking here. But rather, mm -hmm, 41, you give alms of such things as you are. And behold, all things are clean unto you. He said, now, that word give alms means to give what's inside of you. What did he say what was inside of? Wickedness. And ravenings. And that's what they were giving out. And they called it clean, he says. He said, but woe unto you, Pharisees. For this is what they do. For ye tithe mint and root and all manner of herbs and pass over judgment and the love of God. These ought ye do have done and not to leave the other undone. Okay, here's what Jesus is saying. Look here, this is what the Pharisees do. Church folk, they still call up in religion. Here's what they do. They give the tithes of a sweet smell. Sweet, sweet scent. The mint. They give off an air of sweetness. And they give off the root, which is the fleshly leaves, that is the material things that they have, they do that too. And they give the increase of their tithe, which is the manner of herbs. But here's where they go wrong. They pass over the divine law of God, the judgment, the divine law. In other words, they don't study to make themselves approved as a workman that needed not to be ashamed, but rightly. That's the key word. Rightly. 
divided the word of truth. And because of that, they're not able neither to give the love of God. So it's two mistakes they make. They pass over the divine law, the judgment, and the love of God. And that's where we're going wrong at in society today. And that's why people think that everybody's supposed to catch this new wave of Christian dawn that's out here. All these movements that they set that's going on in the Ain't but one movement, and that's the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is power. Jesus said, it ain't in where, I mean, Paul said, look, I don't come in the words of the wisdom of man, but in the power and the demonstration of the Spirit. That's a big difference. Big difference. Words of cunning, people. Verse 43 says, woe unto you Pharisees, that word woe mean grief to you. For ye love the uttermost seats in the synagogue. I'm bishop. I was at a funeral one time. This woman, she preached. She wasn't even on the funeral. Wasn't no more seats. She had blind. She's albino. She couldn't see. She found her way up that pulpit, though. And you know they can't see too well in the light. You know that? She come up. Huh? What is it? She came up there. She found her way to that seat right there. I'm trying. I'm. You know, I'm on the program for for a eulogy, right? Sitting here. All things full. Everything full. She's standing up there. I'm getting embarrassed for her. <laughs> I just got up. Captain, go ahead and sit down. Later. I went on back. You know how they got the things back here? I went on back there waiting for my turn to come up. Because it don't make me no difference. I mean, I don't care nothing about sitting up here. If I ain't speaking, I'm not going to be up here no way. 99% of the time. So I'm sitting back here when the time me come up. But I'm just saying, she liked them seats. Them uttermost, them uttermost parts, them high seats. He's telling you how folk are. In the synagogue, and they like to be greeted in the marketplace, you know? They like that. He says, 44, woe unto you scribes. Now he done brought in some more. He was talking about the Pharisees, wasn't he? See, it was three of them. It was the Pharisees, well, it's four of them, really. It was the Sadducees, Pharisees, scribes, and the lawyers. But here he did it with three of them. They made up a 70-man team of the Sanhedrin. Uh, Jesus said, woe to you Pharisees. Then he came back and said, now woe to you scribes and you Pharisees. Now them scribes are the ones that's supposed to write the letter of the, the word, the law. They're supposed to be the ones that know how to write it. They are inscribers. That's why they call them scribes. But he says here, he said, well, what do you do? Verse 44. He called hypocrites. Now, 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 he, he called church folk that. This Jesus talking. This, it's like, okay, it's like this. I'm Jesus. You, you check. The Pharisee, you got all kinds. Now, I'm calling y'all fools and hypocrites. You, now do you get how tough this man was? You, you understand what I'm saying now? He's standing flat-footed in your face and calling you fools and hypocrites and what? Yeah, that's him. That's Jesus. That, that, that's our Savior talking like that. 
That's why that's why that man said Christians today couldn't handle Jesus' full strength. See? They cut folk head off back then. Now we get our little things because we run on the mama. I ain't going out there on the battlefield. No, mommy, mommy, grown man. I've done it myself. You get back up here. Stay out of trouble. <laughs> so, we need to toughen up a little bit. Because this is what Jesus said to him in verse 44. He said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Now, boy, he really hit him now. For ye are as graves which appear not. And the men that walk over them are not aware of them. What Jesus is saying here is that you did inside. You're great. But because you have this external look about yourself, this pious look, see, people don't know you're great. See, see, it don't appear that you're great. But you're a dead man walking. You know what I'm saying? That's what Jesus is saying. See? And he said, men walk over you what he mean is men walk in the midst of you, all around you. And still don't even know that you're great. Because of that air that church folk put on. Mm -hmm. They got a form of God. But they deny the power thereof. They have no power of their own. They wait for their pastor to do everything and say everything and they believe everything that the pastor say and most of it don't come true because the pastor don't have that kind of power it only comes true when Jesus wants it to come true it only heals when Jesus wants it to be, to be healed you understand what I'm saying see I'm, no, I'm just like you all we can do is be in unity together and we can move the world but if you're looking for me that's why I say when you got an idea and you come to me I say go do it I'm not going to let you put all that on me. No, we're going to be a team. Because the team, we work together. I guarantee you it's enough work for everybody. I bet you. It's enough work. And as you go around, you collect ideas. And you still begin to incorporate it where it fit in your ministry that fits in this ministry. That's how it works. But if you don't never go around nowhere to learn nothing, then what? You won't get no ideas. Because men sharpen men, like iron sharpen iron. You got to get around. You got to get around. You got to see some things. You got to see some things. Mama O, you got to dig a little deeper. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. So, he says that these, these men walk, that walk over them, they're not even aware of the grave, the dead people that they're walking in the midst of. They're not even aware of it. And verse 45 says, then answered one of the lawyers. Now the old lawyer, that's the legalist. That's, that's the one that want to put in the legal tone of the word. Now, now that's the one that'll bind you up. You think you're bound up. You let that lawyer get a hold to you. That's the one that's the legalist in this word. They got them. But this is the law. 
Well, this is the Lord. And the Lord said, then answered one of the lawyers and said to him, Master, thus saying thou reproachest us also. He said, now you done made us hot up in here, Jesus. That's what he's saying. But in Matthew eleven sixteen, 16, Jesus said, blessed is he whosoever is not offended in me. But now he done got offended. Why did he get offended? And nobody even called him name. For the hurt down the hall. He, he didn't call his name. He didn't. He called the Pharisee. He called the scribe. But he did not call no lawyer. But the lawyer spoke up. I heard dogs a holler. Because they all running in a pack together. Oh, you're throwing rocks. That's what he was saying. You're throwing rocks at us, Jesus. And I'm offended by it. And Jesus ain't even calling now. Had I, had I said, had I read anything? You read anything about a lawyer? A Pharisee? And a scribe. But here come the lawyer speaking up now for his buddy and for himself. Come now, he, he can't take it no more. Now this whole thing started inside that Pharisee's house where he was invited in. So there was a bunch of them jokers up in there. You know why they was up in there? Because they were trying to trap him. See, that was a setup. Somebody say, setup. That was a setup. See, the devil tried to set us up uh, son, when that word came out about being people, you get that word. How many, and I'm one, had ditch bypass the kid? I thank God. But how many got attacked since Sunday with their peace? Got attacked. Thing hit hard too. Wham! I'm gonna see whether you got this thing. So you see what the devil meant for bad, God's gonna turn into good because now when you're here, you won't be so quick to forget when you walk through them doors. I told you about leaving this church and immediately beginning to think about what you're gonna cook for your Sunday dinner. I done told you about that. You better eat this word a little while first for you up. Talk to yourself and try to catch you something in there because I caught it, thank God, and it kept me peaceful. But it tried me. Tried some more of us too. The old devil was stirred up because the the, the last thing, the first thing and the last thing that that devil don't want us to have is peace. And he'll jump the gun on you real quick. So, be well. So verse 46 says, and he said, Woe unto you also, ye lawyer, that go Jesus. Well, woe unto you then. You done got your nose in this line. Now I'm going to tell you how I feel about this. That you, see, Jesus was waiting on me. Amen. See, he knew that when he was just, he knew. He like Larry Curley and Moe. It's the three stooges. You know, he done hit that one. Now he done hit that one. Now he ain't hit that one. That one, gonna be, that one already hit. When he, when he hit that one, he hit that one. And it wasn't going to be long for that in Harlem. Like Fox News, the three stooges. Sean Hannity, Glenn Beck, and what that other? Bill O'Reilly. Larry Curley and Moe. That's what they call it. 
Because them jokers always got something crazy going on. Let me tell you something. This movement will never be used for po po politics. Amen. It ain't supposed to be politics ain't to be used. Such separation of church state. Okay? It's too many preachers swaying folk minds from the pulpit. Look here. We're Christians. We already know the world going to hell. Read the book. But we win. So it don't make no difference who you put in there. They're all liars. And they just and politicians are just like diapers. They have to be changed often. And if you can remember that, you'll be alright. What do you do with a dirty diaper? You change it. And it only stays clean for a moment. And it gets to smell it. I guarantee you. So don't waste our time on that. Stay with Jesus. And if you stay with Jesus, you're going to be good. God Almighty. Jesus got more to offer us than that. Can we be so smart yet so stupid? How? Tell me. Why do we even waste our time when our home is in heaven? We are not, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. That's the world system. We've got a system that can't go wrong. Our stock market can't crash. The one we invest in, people. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. But his eyes was fixed on Jerusalem. And that's the time that we're in now. We're in that time where we have to come hell or high water, stay fixed. You can't let your wife make you act a fool. You can't make your, let your husband make you act a fool. You can't make your job make you act a fool. You can't make your children, because uh, uh, they're back there hitting on that wall, and, 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 and I called them in there and threatened them. Mine and y'all too. I called them in there and yeah, I threatened them. <laughs> I threatened them. Sit down. Okay. Because, see, if they knock a hole in the wall, it got to be fixed. Cost money. So let's, you understand, it's called preventative maintenance. Teaching them how to act and how to respect and how to hold on to what we got. See, see that's, that's what will kill us right there when we, don't, when we don't respect what God has given us. Ain't nothing but a hollow wall left. I'm just, I'm just using that as an example to us that God has been so good to us. Because if we let them tie it up here, if we let them tie the house of the Lord up, then you let them tie out. You know they tie up the house at home. Thank God I ain't got no more younger. Thank the Lord. Thank Jesus. Little Jerry Brooke come in there, she's gonna come in there and try to save him. I said, get out. 
<coughs> I had to spread them. I love them. And they know that. They, they'll go back to doing it. Right after church. I know that. But I had to stop them coming down a little. Because I get scared of them when they get too rowdy. They'll beat you up. You let them, they will. They get rowdy. You got to let them know that, you, you know, you got to let them know that I'm still bossy here now. Because if they ever think that, you know what I'm saying, it's hard to stop them. Because them jokers got some, some they, got, they got some energy in them now. When you get about two or three of them together, they gang up. 47 say, woe unto you. Well, no, 46. Woe unto you also, ye lawyers, for ye, this is what they do with legalism. This is what legalism will do. For ye laid men with burdens grievous to be born. And ye yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. Remember I told you? I got an idea. I think we need to. You ain't going to say what? You ain't going to put that burden up until you do it. See, that's legalism. Sit here. I do it this way. I do it. We get in the pot and see how you cook in it. See how you like the oven. It don't, it don't feel good getting in a 400 pot, uh, a degree oven, cook, being cooked. And then every time you come out, you know, somebody poke you. Mm, ain't done yet. Well, then you get in here, because I'm tired of being in here. I want out of here. Because it's hot up in here, and it ain't no fun when the rabbit got a gun. You know? So, that's what he's talking about there, legalism. Legalism, trying to bind you up with stuff. Trying to bring in something that didn't work over there, but is still religiously attached to them. Like doing in remembrance of me every first Sunday of the month. And the congregation all shot to hell, and you have it anyway. You ain't discerning the body. But the Bible says discern the body before you do it. Oh. And you wonder why they're all up in their hole. <laughs> That's why I asked you what happened. <laughs> nah, she got a shot, y'all. Leave her alone. <laughs> yeah. But I was concerned about that when I saw it. Wait a minute. You been down yonder? You know, you took that communion to every first of the Sunday, leaving like hell. Whole church in an uproar. Raising hell. You got your little white gloves on. And you passing out death. That's supposed to be like, oh, y'all didn't hear me. I say you passing out death. Which is supposed to be life. But the same thing gives you life or kill you. For me, that's the reason because they didn't discern the Bible. This word of God. That many of them are weak and sleeping. That's it. Ain't that the word? Because they didn't discern. Only thing they discerned is the calendar. Amen. That was the body. It's the first Sunday. Oh, we're going to put on our white dresses and our. We're going to do communion today. Yeah, you're going to serve yourself there. Now get on back up here. Seems like some of y'all came out of there. I don't want to reproach nobody. So, he says here, you won't even lay a finger. He said, 47, woe unto you, 
for ye build the sepulchres of the prophets. That means you got a thing that you got remembrance of. You know, that sepulchre represents that you done built something that you can remember them by. But why you remember? Because it's your fathers that killed them. Your father killed them. With religion. Mm -hmm. With religion. And they passed that thing on. And you built a sepulchre out of it. A remembrance. Now you're doing the same thing. First of all, pass it out of death. Came from your fathers. Did it not? Is the word not true? That's where it came from. And you built the monument of it. That's what he's talking about. Verse 49 says, Therefore, also said the wisdom of God, I will send them prophets and apostles, inspired speakers, and people to set this thing up, and some of them they shall slay and persecute, uh-huh, that the blood of all the prophets, it's like some of the prophets, will be persecuted. Why? Killed and persecuted. Why? So that the blood of all the prophets, which was shed from the foundation of the world, may be required of God Almighty. Did you, do you understand what that just said? Let me give you some help here. All the blood that was shed from the time set, not Seth, but Cain killed Abel. All the way up through Isaiah being sawed in half, through Zechariah being stabbed in the back, you know, all the way up, even to Jesus. And even unto now. All of that blood is on this generation. You ready? Do you understand what religion has done to the people and the cost that, 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 that people are going to have? Somebody got to pay for that blood. And it says that we, those religious people, all that blood is going to be placed on them that are in this generation. The generation that's reading this, that means everybody that's reading this and is of that spirit is in a heap of trouble. Is in a heap of trouble. That's why that religious spirit is so hard to release its grip off the people because you see it knows the danger. That religious spirit is working in cahoots with Satan to destroy souls, to keep you from learning and knowing what God is really saying. So all we do is we all we ever learn church wise is the ceremonial event. Like that. The water baptism. 
for speaking in the tongues. I don't have nothing against none of that. All of that is Bible if it's placed in its perspective. But we've made monuments out of these things, sepulchres. We've made religions out of this stuff. And the blood of all the prophets, it says, on our, on this generation. So the Bible tells us in verse 51, and I'm closing here. Give me about eight minutes. For the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, mm -hmm, all the way, which perished between the altar and the temple. Very I say unto you, it shall be required of this generation. Woe unto you lawyers, for ye have taken, look what they've done. This is what legalism will do to you. It'll take away the key of knowledge. Ye in or not in yourself, talking to them lawyers, them legalists, and them that were entering in, ye hindered. Why? Because just as soon as Jesus, the power and the wisdom of God, just as soon as it speaks the word of the kingdom of God inside of people, then here comes that whispering in channel, that legalist. I don't think it means that. Trying to put you back in bondage after you. Paul put it like this in the book of Galatians. He said, false brethren, they crept in on a well to spy out our liberty and try to put us back in bondage again. They, try, they will do that, brother. They'll come up in here, and while you're trying to learn the word of God, if they think that they can talk to you, they'll go to whispering in your ear, or they'll, they'll check you out first, see if you're weak. So, old devil, yeah, he will now. He might not say nothing for months, and he'll come to you, and he'll say, you know, how you feel about such and such, uh, what he said? Uh, I don't think it means that. Now, if you're weak, and you say, well, you know, you, you, you know, you really don't know what it means, but you know, you kind of like, because you don't know what it means, you kind of fuzzy in the hand and you say, well, I don't know what it means myself. Well, that's an open door. The preacher just told you what it meant, but now the whispering in China is trying to sweep you and put you back in bondage. So what he'll do is he'll put doubt in But he won't come straight at you, or she won't. What he'll do is, go curve and try to come in from this way on you. And he'll say, well, how you feel? Well, I don't think it's right that I don't think it's right that, that he say hell in the church. <laughs> well, that's where you going if you keep asking the food. How you like me now? Well, but I'm just saying that's what they do. They use these little Tricks. See, that's how that man lost them 65 members that we were talking about today. That's how. That's how. So here he is. And he says he's taking away the key of knowledge. He don't want to go in, but he don't want you to go in either. He wants to stop you. And look here, verse 53 says, and as he said these things unto them, the scribe, the scribe, now as Jesus was talking to that lawyer, see, he, he had a wrong talk to that lawyer. Yeah, he had a real, because he, he is a legalist. 
He said to he, he had to deal with him. But as he said these things, verse 53, unto them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him vehemently. That means that they were mad at him. They were wanting him to, and to provoke him to speak of how many things? Now, look at Proverbs, because we went through that before. Proverbs 17, 27. Look at that. They tried to get Jesus to talk and say many things, did they not? Watch Proverbs. Proverbs say, a man of knowledge speaks sparing words. They were trying to get him. See, don't, don't nothing get caught with a hook, but a fish and a loudmouth human being. That's the only thing that get caught with their mouth. Throw the hook out there. That's what they did. They went fishing. Proverbs 17, what, 27? Man of knowledge speaks fine words. He spies his words. They wanted Jesus to do some talking. Quiet. Verse 54, and I'm closing. Lying, wait for him. Oh, man. In the book of Genesis, Dan, the tribe of Dan was like an adder. Bible, that's a snake. The tribe of Dan was like an owl. And what he would do, he was waiting on the horseman to come up with to bite the horse on his heels to throw the horseman off. They were lying in wait. That's what they were doing. They were trying to get him to do that. Look at church. When you're painting, when you're in pain, don't say nothing. You plant seeds in yourself that bring up ugly stuff. When you're going through some things, just hush. Don't say nothing. Just, when you're hurting, for seven days and seven nights, Job sat there quiet. And them jokers that spoke to his friends sat there quietly with him, didn't say nothing. They doing all right till they open their mouth. When they open their mouth, everything, they started planting all kind of bad seeds. They to come out there, just pray. If we could ever teach our people, whether they're in our home or wherever they let God do it. But you know what we do? We sit there and play games with ourselves and we let the devil play with our mind. And he play ping pong with us. And he'll what he'll do is he'll roll us up like a snowball. And that thing will begin to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And when you get curiosity all mixed up in that thing, curiosity won't be satisfied until it's got you laying flat on your back and you mad as hell with everybody. And you don't even know why. Am I in the house? So what we have to do is we have to be careful when that thing starts playing on us, you know? We got to know what it is that's trying to play on our mind and cast that thing out. Oh, we love to give advice, don't we? But we don't do too well when it's... Are you the same one and you acting a fool? That's a distaste in a person's mind. You know what I mean? 
Y'all, have y'all ever experienced that? Am I in the right house? That's why I don't try to give no whole lot of advice no more because this one thing old preacher told me, I try not to give no advice no more. I, it didn't take me long to realize why he said that, brother. He said that because just as soon as you give advice, it's going to come back knocking on your door to see if you're going to take the advice that you like to give out. To let you know you ain't all that either. Boy, I'm tearing somebody up over here. I think your back gonna be well if I tie this thing go with over here. Boy, she just over there. I mean, that thing just good to her, boy. That the... <laughs> but they were lying and wait. I like to just joke and just speak the word of God. Then tell us about ourselves, where we can go home and we can receive this thing. You know what I'm saying? And we can get better. Because, you know, really, really, you know, I've learned that, hey, you know, if I listen to these things, these, these sermons, and hold that thought in my head, you know, that thing helps me through the week. I become a better man. When I'm faced with certain things, I say, no, God, just talk about that. Not because I know it's God talking now and not me. So now I'm more willing to see. When I sit down, I don't be sitting down to hear me. On the CD, I'm hearing what God is saying. And I'm saying, okay. And I ain't looking at nobody but my own crazy self. That thing is healing me. So I sit there. Yep. Yeah, I sit there. And I listen about three times a week, sometimes four. I listen to them. Whichever one, I listen to it. And I listen to it. And I listen to it. Because it helps me. It helps me. And I'm thankful to God. Because... They were lying in wait for him and seeking to catch something out of his what? Didn't I tell you, you know, things get caught with a hook, is a fish, and a lion my first? But Jesus kept his mind closed. Because they wanted to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him. And that's what that spirit is all about. It's a spirit of, of accusations toward your brother. That spirit in the book of Revelation, I think the 12th chapter around the 10th or 11th verse, I believe, it speaks about how Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He accuses the brethren both day and night before God. But how is Satan cast down from heaven for good, which he's not, but they preach that. But if he's the prince of the first heaven, that's the airways, then that let you know right there. He still got access, baby. How's he going to accuse you day and night <laughs> before God if he ain't got access? Only thing he lost out of heaven is his position. It's been between your position and having access. You know? You'll be in a position in this church, but lose the position, or oh, I mean too. Still come have access to the church, but not the position. And it's the same thing with him. So, what he does? He accuses those who God gave the position to. Look at him. So, when folk be doing that to you, all they doing is working for the devil. Because if we really love one another like we're supposed to, what we're doing is we'll tell that devil, shut up, devil. That's my brother. That's my sister. Shut up, devil. You ain't a part of this. Because if you was, you wouldn't be talking like this. See, if we learn to do that, I guarantee you that devil will 
and he gracefully bowed. But see, he's looking for the weak one. I don't know why God got me talking like this. We must be going to grow. Every time we grow, they get that crazy. So, so growth got to be coming. So what's happening is, is that, what happens is, is that he looks for the weak to talk to. So what we have to do is remember that Jesus said, blessed is he whosoever is not offended in me. See, the devil can't get to us if we don't offend one another. And telling the truth to one another should never offend us. We should always be willing to hear the truth. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise. Brother, come on up in the house. Come up in the house. See what y'all do.